So we're going to be talking about blazing the trail and clearing a path for others that are in our lives this morning. The world needs trailblazers. You know, whatever we or whatever you enjoy today, I thought about our national parks. Uh, I think about inventions, you know, like our phones that we so desperately need. It started with someone blazing a trail for us to have those or to enjoy those. Would you agree? And when I think of trailblazers, I think of pioneers, the word pioneer. I think of groundbreakers, uh, forerunners, like somebody going ahead, somebody going first before everybody else. So those are kind of some of the, I guess, synonyms, if you will, of the word trailblazer. You think about explorers like Columbus, you know, who discovered our great nation. Uh, Lewis and Clark, who were explorers in, in the United States. I uh, think of inventors like Thomas Edison, what he invent? Light, what would we do without the light? Alexander Graham Bell, the phone. Women, there, there are women who blaze trails. I thought about, there's a lot of different people I could name. I thought about Amelia Earhart. You heard, remember her? We learned about her in school. Um, Rosa Parks. You know, women that pushed the boundaries and challenged, if you will, the status quo, didn't they? I think about pioneers in space. There's John Glenn, the first American to orbit the Earth. And Krista McAuliffe. What'd she say? I touch the future. I teach. She was blazing a trail. I thought about the wagon trails, you know, weaving their way to the Old West. I used to love Little House on the Prairie books. Love to watch that show. Love to read the books. But I, I thought about those. And, and with that, I thought about, you know, men and women and children. You know, groups of people making that path. You know, I've seen those trails. I don't know if you've been to some of the places where you can actually see the ruts that are down in like the, the rock where so many, down in the stone where so many of them traveled out to the old west. They were blazing a trail. And you know, you don't have to look far to find a trailblazer today. I thought about, you know, one of the, one of the things this past year was the Me Too. The Me Too. Uh, trailblazers with our environment. You know, a lot of people are, are championing, you know, clean air, global warming, so many different things, no, save, save the planet type of things. They're trailblazers, political trailblazers. Whether we agree or not, they do push the limits and dream for a better place, dream for better things. And when I said the word pioneer, I thought of a woman, Ray Drummond. Does anybody know who she is? You know who Ray Drummond is? Pioneer Woman. I actually got the book. Pioneer Woman. She says, come and get it. Come and get it. She's a pioneer, a pioneer woman. And if you think about it, there's really nothing new about cooking with an iron skillet, is there? Is there anything new about that? And so I got to thinking, sometimes trailblazers is, trailblazing is trying to restore something that's lost. You know, some of the paths or trails get grown up and the old things get lost. The, some of the important things with God get lost. And we need trailblazers that are willing to go and restore something that's lost. Trailblazers face all kinds of, all kinds of danger, extreme conditions. Some face climbing huge mountains. Some are crossing deserts. 
Uh, trailblazers have tremendous obstacles, personal challenges, you know, fears, worry, doubts, rejection. So there are all kinds of things a trailblazer can, can face. But they persevere through these in order to pave the way and benefit others. A trailblazer will persevere through all of these obstacles, all of these dangers, so they can pave the way and benefit others. Why would they do that? Why would they do this? I think it's because there's something in the heart, something deep inside them that drives them on. Something that drives them on. And the kingdom of God needs trailblazers. Believers who will cut a trail for others. You know, think about it. When I was preparing this lesson, I got to thinking, who cut a trail for me? We all have trailblazers. We have trailblazers in the Bible, men and women in the Bible that we can look to, maybe ancestors. But, you know, who, who, who helped you get where you are? Who helped you want to have that relationship with God? Can you name them? You think about it. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a friend. Maybe it was a roommate. Maybe it was a preacher. Maybe it was a campus minister's wife. Maybe it was, you know, feel a strange somebody you didn't even know. I mean, people that you don't even know are blazing a trail for you. Even though you don't know them and you don't know their names. Like Paul, we need women, men and women who will say, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what he said. He was a trailblazer. Follow me as I follow Christ. Men and women who, who will inspire us, encourage us, and show us the way. Would you agree? We need trailblazers in the kingdom. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 and 2, um, I'm going to read from the message. But it says, do you see what this means? This is after um, Hebrews 11, which is, is known as the um, Hall of... What? Yeah, Faith Hall of Fame. So after after that whole chapter where we talk about all these great women and, and men of God that we know of, he then he says this, the Hebrew writer says, Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans, veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. I love that. I love the message because it used the word pioneers, how they're blazing the way for us. And they're cheering us on. You know, up from heaven, there's people cheering us on. I love that. So, you know, there are pioneers throughout the Bible who blazed a trail. And I'm going to read uh, part of Hebrews 11. I'm going to read verse 32 through 40 if you want to follow along. It's um, in the NIV. This is part of the... Like the last part of that chapter. Starting in verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flame, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength. Who, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings and even chains and imprisonment. Can you imagine? 
They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins. Destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. I didn't know it's going to feel emotional, but it is emotional. The world was not worthy of them. They were, they wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet not one of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Think about all those trailblazers, and they're not even really, we don't know their names. We don't know their names. From, Gen- from Genesis to Revelation, from Abraham to John, these pioneers of faith cleared a path to God. And the greatest trailblazer of all would be who? Jesus Christ, right? Jesus Christ. And he walked through hell itself to make a way from heaven to earth for all of us. And I thought, wow, take a walk on the wild side. <laughs> That is taking a walk on the wild side for us. With that said, you know, ladies, God wants you to be a pioneer. He wants you to be a pioneer. You know, the existence and survival of his kingdom rests on your your desire to cut a trail. The future of our children, you know, our grandchildren, the future of generations to come. Our communities, our church, the fate of the lost people around us. It rests on us and our, what a, my response to God's call. You guys following me? It, it does rest on us. So what does it take to be a trail, to be a trailblazer? I, I basically think it boils down to just that desire. A desire to be God's pioneer. A desire to be a trailblazer. And some of the things I was studying, it talked about, um, like, basically a trailblazer and a pioneer are like two opposite things. You know, um, there might be a place for both, but we definitely need trailblazers, right? And a settler, someone who just kind of stays where they are. They settle down and stay where they are. How can I be a trailblazer? Basically, anyone can be a trailblazer for the Lord if they desire it. I don't think it matters what our financial status is. It doesn't matter what our race is. It doesn't matter what my education is. It doesn't matter what my family background is. My personality doesn't matter. You know, the book of Hebrews is filled with all kinds of different people, but they were trailblazers in their own way. And whatever God, whatever abilities and gifts God had given them. Um, when I was reading some things about Lewis and Clark, I didn't know. Uh, one of them was an extrovert and one of them was an introvert. But yet they both blazed a trail. And they were like equally, I think, in command. Unless they both went in different directions and then they were in command of what group they had. But they were like equally doing that together. So it didn't matter what the personality was. What mattered was the desire and the heart behind it. So today I'm going to talk about a man that's often overlooked as a trailblazer. You won't find his name in Faith's Hall of Fame. His story is tucked away in a few Old Testament passages. And his name is Caleb, son of Jephunneh. 
And I thought this was really neat when Coral was talking this morning. We really hadn't talked about what she was going to, exactly what she was going to share or what I was going to share. I was just reading some things and decided it was on my heart to talk about Caleb. So it really goes well with what she was talking about this morning. Um, and though little is said of Caleb, you usually think of Caleb and Joshua. And probably a lot, you know a lot more and heard a lot more about Joshua than you have of Caleb. Um, though little is said of Caleb, what we are told speaks volumes to who he was as a dedicated trailblazer of God. So let me give you a little bit of a background about Caleb. He wasn't a Hebrew, <clears throat> he wasn't of Hebrew origin yet was a slave in Egypt. At, at, he was adopted into the tribe of Judah at some point. I didn't know this. So he wasn't like a true Hebrew. He was adopted into that tribe. He experienced the same thing that all the other Hebrews did in Egypt. He saw the ten plagues firsthand. You know, saw the, you know, the frog, the blood, saw all that stuff. He followed Moses out of Egypt and through the Red Sea. He ate manna like everybody else. The manna that came down from heaven when he was in the desert. He saw the Ten Commandments. He witnessed the rebellion with the, with the golden calf. You guys familiar with all these stories? If you're not, you can go back and read. You know, I was reminded of a lot of stuff that I'd forgotten just reading the whole account. Um, and he had the same hopes of everyone else about this promised land that God was promising. So he had all of that. Um, he was chosen as one of the 12 spies sent to explore Canaan. You know, when, they, when they're getting near the promised land, you know, God tells Moses, I want you to send 12 spies out there and check this all out before I send you in. See what it's like. And they had like specific um, instructions about what they were supposed to do when they go in. But Caleb was one of those 12. And when I was reading, I was like, I'd forgotten. It even says that God told him to choose 12 from each, twi- each tribe. <laughs> 12 from each tribe. And they were actually a leader in each tribe that was chosen. <clears throat> but when they came back from, the, from exploring the land, only Caleb and Joshua shared the same enthusiasm about what they saw. The other ten... If you remember, they discouraged all the people with their lack of faith, right? So you see, Caleb was different. He had a different spirit about him. I'm going to read this passage about what God says about Caleb in Numbers 14 and verse 24. And I'm going to read again from the message. I think quite a bit of what I'm... Some I'm doing NIV, some message. Um... This is what God says about Caleb. He says, but my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit it. You know, what is God saying about Caleb? First of all, he says he's my servant. Wow. He was a servant of God, but he had a different heart and he follows God. It says passionately. I think he has a remarkable commitment about following God. He scouts the land. You know, he goes ahead of everybody else. He's willing to do that. And look who follows. Who follows? Caleb. It says that his children are going to inherit that land. So, future generations, his children, his nation, and Caleb was someone who was paving a way for others. You guys following me so far? So, how do I become a trailblazer? How do I become a trailblazer? First, you might be wondering why my flowers on here too. I forgot about this. They were so beautiful, I had to pick them and bring them. 
But then I found this one that was different. And I said, you know what? This is going to be remind me that this is my Caleb. He has, this one has a different spirit. It's yellow in the middle with white. Just food for thought. <laughs> Sometimes I remember things like that. It's like, I remember those flowers. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to have a different spirit from everybody else. All right, so I brought this. Actually, Tim cut this for me. <laughs> and you might be wondering, what is this here for? But this is actually a trail marker. This is my trail marker. Can you all see it? And this little thing here, you know what that is? A notch. Yeah. You know, they actually call it a blaze. You know, when someone's going out to uh, blaze a trail, you know, they would go, they would notch it with an axe. And they would put it, I'm a little, it's a little short, but usually about eye level where people can see it, make it easy for them to see. So they would put that blaze on that and mark the trail for other people that are coming so they would know, hey, this is the way to go. So, that's said about that. So we're going to spend the rest of our time together exploring three marks that Caleb leaves for us. He put some notches on that trail. He put some notches there for us, and he marked a guide for us on the path of becoming a trailblazer. So we're going to look at that. What is it? What are those marks that Caleb left? And what can I learn from them about being a trailblazer for God? Mark number one is trust. All of God's trailblazers start here. They start with trust. Caleb trusts the Lord. He's all in. He's all in. He trusts him completely. You know, when the, when the 12 spies return from Canaan, there's like this argument that starts. They give their report. They go and look at the land, and all 12 of them come back, and they're going to give the report to Moses and Aaron. Like, this is what the land is like. This is what the people are like there. This is what we saw. So I'm going to read um, Numbers 13, 26 through 33. It's a little bit long, but it's the report that the people are going to give. And I'm going to read out of the NIV. So, so this is the report on, of their exploration. So they, meaning the twelve spies, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's its fruit. Remember the fruit that that was, was so big they had to carry it, two of them, and they had the... Like the grapes, you've seen the pictures, the grapes are between them and they're carrying these. That's how huge this fruit was. Here's its fruit. Wow. Amazing. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. You know who Anak is? The giant. These are giant men, giant guys. We saw his descendants there. And the Amalekites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan. So they, hey, this is, look at this, this is beautiful, but then, but, boy, it's bad in there. It's bad in there. He says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses, and he said, we should go up. And take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, 
We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. Look what's happening to the report. It's becoming a bad report. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Wow. What do you think of that report? One of the things that I noticed was these 12 spies, these 12 men, they saw the same things. Did they see the, did they see the land flowing with, with milk and honey and the beautiful big fruit? They saw it. Caleb saw it. Joshua saw it. They all saw it. Did they all see the people that lived there and how big and powerful and strong they were? Did they all see that? Did Joshua and Caleb, did they all see the same thing? Yeah, they all say the same things, but not all 12 saw the same God. They not all saw the same God. So I noticed two trails emerging here. Two trails. The 10 spies had their report, and what I noticed was their report was more about themselves and trusting themselves. We can't do it. The people are big. They're trusting their own strength, their own wisdom, their own direction. And they said, we're not going to be able to do this. And these were leaders. They're not, they're not, uh, leaders are not exempt from this happening, from getting on a trail that might not be the best. So I see the ten spies are, I guess I'll sum it up this way. They're walking by sight. They're walking by what they saw. And Joshua and Caleb are trusting the power of God. We can do it. We can certainly do it. Let's go. Let's do it. Are they talking about because of themselves? No. They're walking by faith. They're talking about the power of God that's going to be going before them. The power of God that's going to be going with them. The power of God that's going to be inside of them. You know, and when I was reading that uh, with uh, Caleb, couldn't you just hear the confidence and courage in his voice? You know, he's saying, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. I hear that confidence. You know, and where does that come from? It comes from trusting God. That's the only place that can come from. Because we're weak. We're not strong. We don't know the best ways. Can't come from ourselves. And I... Um, I didn't even think about uh, when I was studying this, that how many people were probably there. They said probably one and a half million people. And Caleb and Joshua, they're standing up in front of all, and they're telling Moses, they're interrupting Moses. You're going to interrupt Moses? You know, they're standing up and interrupting Moses in front of all of these people. You know, Caleb, he followed God's path out of powerful Egypt. He walked through a path in the sea and he, he trusted God to lead them into the promised land. His trust is following him. In Numbers 14, verse 6 through 9, this is uh, what he says. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into that land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of him. Ask yourself, do you trust the Lord? 
Do I trust the Lord? Am I, are you, am I walking by faith or am I, are you walking by sight? In Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. I love that. Trust him with all your heart and don't depend on your own understanding. Our own understanding is not that good (laughs) for even the best of us. It's not that good. Seek his will and he'll show us the path. He'll show us the path to take. Ask yourself, in what areas do I need to trust the Lord? Where do I need to stop trusting me and stop and start trusting him? Is it in my relationships? Do I need to trust God with my relationships? Is it with my health? I need to trust God with my health, with my finances, with a decision I need to make. Am I trusting me or I'm trusting him with my future? Remember, God's got this. You know, God's got this. In Psalms 37, verse 5, it says, Give God the right to direct your life. Isn't that what it's all about? I need to give God the right Let him direct my life. I have to give him the right. He's not going to force it on me or make me. He gives me the choice. I need to give him the right to direct my life. That's what trust is all about, right? Letting him. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. I love that. In other words, he's got this. He's going to pull it off perfectly. But we have trouble with the trust sometimes, don't we? It was. Psalms 37 and verse 5. I put some extra little things in there. <laughs> but yeah, it, it says, give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. You know, it is that way. Sometimes, you know, when you're, you're walking by faith, you don't know what's going to happen. That's what faith is. You don't know what's ahead. But when you get a little bit farther down the trail, you can look back and you can see where God took care of you. You can see, oh, he worked that out just great. And I was going to thinking I should do X, Y, and Z. And, oh, I didn't think that was going to work out at all. It's like, you know, but when I'm trusting God, he's going to work it all out perfectly. We're the ones that mess it up. We're the ones that get off the trail and try to do it our way. So that's the first mark of a trailblazer is trust. The second mark is obedience. Another mark of a trailblazer is an obedient life. So shortly after after the spies return, the people of God find themselves at a crossroads. All the multitude, they'd heard these reports. So they're at a crossroads. And what is a crossroad? A T? A T? So how many ways are there to go? A lot of, what is it going to be? That way or that way, right? That's what, so they're at a crossroads. Now there are two trails before them. Do you see the two trails? Two trails before them. Before them, and these are the oldest two paths on earth. The oldest two paths on earth. And they don't go the same way. One goes that way, one goes this way, and they don't have the same destination. They're going two different ways and going to two different places. So let me read to you Numbers 14, 1 through 9. This is after the report, then this is everybody's response, like what they're going to do with it. And what are they going to do with these two trails before them? Okay, Numbers 14, 1 through 9. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. I'm thinking they should be excited, you know? This is about 
this land flowing with milk and honey. But they're raising their voices and weeping aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, this is these one and a half million people or whoever, you know, however many are there. They're saying to Moses and Aaron, if only, Coral read this earlier, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness, why is the Lord bringing, bringing us to this land only let, to let us fall by the sword? Why is he bringing us to this Canaan and we're just going to go in there and die? These people are going to get us. Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us just to go back to Egypt? Let's go back to Egypt. And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. They want somebody different. They want to go back where they were. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. They fell down. He fell down. Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephthah, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes you know what that means? When they're, they're falling down, they're tearing their clothes, they're so upset, they're so in anguish about this because the people are not trusting God and it upset them to see them grumbling, about, grumbling against God and grumbling about the good things that God has in store for them because they want their own their own uh, relying on themselves and not on him, and not truly trusting him so they they tear their clothes and then they said to the entire israelite assembly they're going to remind them the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good if the lord is pleased with us he will lead us into that land a land flowing with milk and honey and he will give it to us Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. They're they're pleading with these people. Trust the Lord. Follow the Lord. And after they, you know, they, they say this to him, actually the assembly is talking about stoning them. They didn't like what they had to say. So these two paths have been on earth since the beginning. What are they? From what I read, what do you think the two paths are? What? Right. Go back or move on. Okay. Anything else? Okay. That's what... All these are right, but what I had down (laughs) is... One trail is the trail of obedience. One trail is a trail of rebellion. One says, I'm going to obey God. The other says, I'm not. We like to think there's a lot of other choices, but really there's not. Um, I mean, it's clear here. You're either going to trust the Lord and obey him or you're not. Trusting God, it, trusting God is believing and obeying. It's believing and obeying what He says. You can't really separate the two. Um, again, in Numbers fourteen twenty four, just let me read it to you again. What God says about Caleb and my servant Caleb. This is a different story. He has a different spirit. He follows me passionately, or he obeys me passionately. I'll bring him into the land that he scouted and his children will inherit. There's something different about Caleb. He doesn't obey God partially. He obeys God wholeheartedly. 
And disobedience bothers him so much that he ripped his clothes about the disobedience of the other people. You know, does disobedience bother me? Does it bother me when I'm not obedient to God? Does it bother me when my sisters aren't obedient to God? Do I want to blaze a trail for them? Do I want to help them? That's how Caleb was. Uh, Isaiah 1 verse 19 says, If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. That's what Cora was saying earlier. God is just waiting to bless us. That doesn't mean he isn't going to provide what we need, but he may hold black blessings from us. I want to be an obedient trailblazer. The third mark is perseverance. Trailblazers trust, obey, and repeat. Trust, obey, and repeat. Trust, obey, and repeat. They keep trusting God. They keep obeying God. And sometimes that's not easy for us, is it? Sometimes it's not easy. Caleb refuses to quit. It says he sticks to his guns. Um, whenever they're at the promised land, it's actually... Um, well, let me go back up here. Forty-five years have passed since Caleb first explored the promised land when he's getting ready to go in. It's actually 45 years before he actually goes in. When, well, I'll read this to you. But he's still blazing a trail. Let me read this to you. And this is Joshua 14, 6 through 12. I'm going to read from the message. He says, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of God, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. So Caleb was 40 when he was sent to spy out the land. And he said, and he's talking about himself. I brought back an honest and accurate report. My companions who went with me discouraged the people, but I stuck to my guns. He was perseverant. He says, totally with God, my God. That was the day that Moses solemnly promised, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance, you and your children's forever. Yes, you have lived totally for God. You know, Moses is saying, you have, other people can see it in him. Can other people see it in me? I'm living totally for God. And I found it, like, interesting, too, that Caleb could say that about himself. I stuck to my guns, he says. I was totally with my God, my God. And I'm, like, thinking, is he arrogant or what? And I'm thinking, no. That's how confident he is about his walk with God. He didn't have like any doubts or questions about it. I was totally with God. I was totally, he was like sincere. So anyway, let me go on. So yes, Moses says, you have lived totally for God. Then Caleb says, now look at me. God has kept me alive as he promised. It is now 45 years since God spoke this word to Moses. So it's 45 years later, okay? 45 years in which Israel wandered in the wilderness, and here I am today, 85 years old. I am as strong as I was the day Moses sent me out. I am as strong as ever in battle, whether coming or going. So give me this hill country. He still wants that promised land, that good land, that hill country the best. Give me that hill country that God promised me, because now he's getting ready to let him go in after the 40 years. Again, read it if you need to. You yourself heard the report that the Anakim were there with their great fortress cities. If God goes with me, I will drive them out just, just as God has said. He's going to follow through with what he said 45 years ago. Or he's going to go into that land now at 85 years old, and he knows that God is going to be with him and before him going in there. That's his perseverance. Caleb had come a long way. 40 years in Egypt, 40 years in the wilderness, and 5 years of war. Would you be tired? Would you be weary, ready to quit? Yeah. Years filled with challenges, difficulties, problems, obstacles, opposition. All of those. But 
what do we remember about Caleb? God said he has a different spirit. And the years haven't taken that spirit from him. Sometimes the years take that spirit from us. We allow it. Again, God says, my servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different story. He has a different spirit. Let me ask you a question. Is there something different about you? Do you have a different spirit? Do I have a different spirit? Do you still have a different spirit? Maybe you had a different spirit, but you don't have a different spirit now. Like, you've become a settler. Kind of like, I don't have that like I had. I think it's a temptation. In a way, it's kind of a natural. It shouldn't be, but it is something that happens to us. But we should recommit ourselves to being trailblazers, ladies. Ask yourself, do you have a heart, the heart of a trailblazer, or have you become a settler? Content with where you are. Let's face it, trailblazing isn't easy. It takes perseverance and and endurance to make a way for others. I'm going to skip down here because I probably need to get... um, Let's see. Back in Hebrews 12, we read earlier, you know, it said these veterans are cheering us on and telling us, never quit. Never quit that trail that's marked out for us. Hebrews 12.1. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. There is a trail marked out for us. We've got to stay on the trail. Okay, I'm wrapping up. You will be a trailblazer for others when you trust the Lord, when you obey the Lord, and you persevere. And I'm just going to leave you with a couple thoughts. We we need trailblazers in our church. Uh, Any other way to say it. We need trailblazers at Greater Alton Church. We need women who will blaze the trail of discipleship. Women who will blaze the trail of service. Women who will blaze the trail of humility. Women who will blaze the trail of fellowship and joy. Women who will blaze the trail of overcoming. Women who will blaze the trail of love and on and on. You guys fill in the blanks. I'm sure you see the trails that I'm not going to mention, trails that I don't see because God puts different things on our hearts. And we all have, yes, we have basically the same trail to blaze, but maybe in different ways. But we all have a trail that he wants us to blaze. Each generation must blaze a trail for the next. You know, this is our time. This is our turn. Let's choose to be women who blaze God's trail. And I have a couple things for you to write down. These are, we're not going to have time for you guys to discuss it at the tables or anything like that, but you can think about these, meditate on these, maybe talk about it in your small groups, maybe talk about it to God when you're walking, whatever. I would like for each of us to take some time to reflect on our trails. Ask yourself. Am I more like a trailblazer or a settler? Which describes me more, a trailblazer or a settler? Ready for the next one? On a scale of 1 to 10, rank yourself in these three areas. Rank yourself in these three areas. When it comes to trust, one being I trust me, ten being I fully trust the Lord. Rank yourself. When it comes to my obedience, on a scale of 1 to 10, am I, one, more of a rebel, 
two, I follow wholeheartedly. Where am I? Am I going too fast? Am I more of a rebel one or more of a wholeheartedly following the Lord is ten. When it comes to perseverance, one, I give up. I quit. It's too hard. Or ten, I keep going. I keep going. Rank yourself. And be, you know, be honest with yourself about where you are. That's the only way we can grow in those areas, right? Is like honest evaluation. Okay, and the last thing, which I debated about whether to do this or not, but it's been helpful for me, so I think I'm going to put it out there. I would like to ask you to, to make a list of who is following you on the trail. Who is following me on the trail? I have to ask myself that. Who is following me on the trail? I need to like look behind. What am I going to mark? I'm looking at Nathan, Matthew, Brian, Nicole. Of course, those are my kids. I'm looking at my grandkids. I'm looking at Carmody, Meyer, Mabry. I'm looking at Nora and Ellie. And when I name their names, ladies, and put a name on that, it makes me want to be serious about being a trailblazer. Because I want them to follow God. And I think anyone here that's a mother or a grandmother would feel the same way. So, name them. Other believers who are following me. Name some of your sisters. Some of your brothers. You know they're they're following you. Your siblings. Your parents could be following you. It's not always the other way around. It's not always... You know, yes, we can be following our parents, but our parents can be following us. We can blaze a trail for our families, for a friend, for my neighbors, for future generations. I just found it helpful to name the names for me. So, with that, I'm done. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for the trailblazers that have come before us. Amazing women and men of God that we are not worthy of. God, help us to be your trailblazers in our generation. Help us to follow the path that your son laid out for us. Help us to blaze a trail for those coming after us, for our church, for our children, for people that we don't even know that could be watching us and may want to follow you because of the lives we're living, God. Not perfect lives, but lives that are passionate about trusting you, about obeying you, And trying our best, God, to persevere through those hard times. Thank you so much for the ladies that are here. Help us work together to blaze that trail that you put before us. In your son's name, amen.